0: Yeah, Webmore had a presence about him. And he looked at me and he said, you're going to be one of the best molliers to ever come out of Colorado. I was on the the ground feeling the cobblestones and I was like, I'm dying. Yeah. She says, I'm calling an ambulance. You have every sign of an aneurysm. I got good news and bad news. Good news, you don't have an aneurysm. Bad news is you have a tumor that hemorrhaged. That started the toughest about two years of my life. There was this moment where Lucas, he just said, Dad, you gotta get back up. You gotta start running. I remember thinking, I'm just gonna get injured. I kept running until finally I was running 100 mile a week, so I didn't get an injury. I Googled what is, you know, the master's world record. Yeah. I am running till like be alive yeah and now you're like i'm, I'm... running to like be the most alive which you... i think most running teams would have just ignored me that's what is so unique about tim man this is cool no one does this
1: this is pushing the sport of running forward on and off the track and it was like yeah so let's do this hey everyone welcome back to another tin talk episode i'm with jacob tim the newest member of Team Man elite and our first masters runner who's going after a mile world record later in the summer. So yeah, let's dive into your running background and it's going to be a great talk.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's great to be here. It's, um, it's almost surreal to be here actually. Uh, I think, and yeah, ru- running background. Um, it's fun to think about the early days. Uh, my, I got to give credit to my dad. Uh, he's a, he's a huge fan of running and, um, Got to watch an old VHS tape the other day of me at the age of five running in an open track meet, and they had a kids race running a mile. And I had a smile on my face the whole time. It's it's really funny. I ran around with my my arms just by my side, you know. And do you remember the event? Yeah, it was it was a it was a full mile. Okay, and I, and it, look at that. Yeah, it started right there. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> it's just like I can see in that moment why i love running Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it it could be it could be the that it started right there and i i hope that other kids out there can have moments like that absolutely yeah most people
1: probably don't know anything about you so let's actually just deep dive who is jacob tim let's to first talk running career um what that looked like where you grew up and let's dive into that because we uh we got a lot to unravel on this this talk
0: yeah born in Portland Oregon and uh, my my parents were into running you know just like for fun so I always thought of running as fun but I did gravitate towards basketball uh, and we moved up to Seattle and Seattle was huge into basketball so I actually dropped running for a little bit and then I guess uh, it was my senior year yeah it was my senior year of high school basketball had ended it was the spring And I was single and I was like, I'm going to go out for the track team just to meet some girls. And (laughs) I had no plans on running. I can tell you that much. I I saw the high jump and I'm like, wow, that looks comfortable. Like you jump and you land on that. And and I like jumping. I mean, I'm I'm a basketball player. So, and it looks like they wait around a lot. That will give me time to like look around for girls. Um, So... I'm going to give it a shot, <laughs> work on my tan, stuff like that. And, uh, believe it or not, that's where I met my wife in that moment. Like, like literally at the start of that season. So my plan work. you know, we started dating, um, and I was 17. I started college, uh, at 17. I was, I was young. Um, so we met when I was 17 and, I would have no idea that it would, it would lead to uh, where we are now, but so that's kind of a cool story. Um, but yeah, so guy got injured. We had this, I think top three ranked four by four team guy got injured on the four by four team and the sprint coach had seen me run like a sprint workout for high jump. And so he's like, Jacob, you're running to the four by four leg number two. And I was, like, so scared because our team was so good. And I'm like, I've never, I don't even know what, you know. Yeah, what, what a good team. 400 time, Yeah, I don't even know. And I made the classic mistake. I just got the baton and just hammered, right? I remember, like, in that last 150, just, like, looking down at my legs, just wondering. There was, like, this total separation of, like, mind and body. <laughs> and I never felt that feeling before. And all these thoughts crossed through my head, Should I stop? Like, are people laughing at me? Like, am I even moving? Like <laughs> like, I'm not sure. That's not what you want to think in the four hundred. No, no. And, you know, I was obviously trying to be this cool basketball player guy, you know, like, yeah. like, and that that moment was just so pure. and it was like you, there was nowhere to hide. You know, there was nothing. You couldn't pass someone else the ball or anything like that. And I think in that moment, I also fell in love with running because of that challenge. And so I would go on to to learn how to run the 400 and uh, would end up running um, really, really fast um, my senior year, fast enough that I was able to get on the radar of Mark Wetmore at CU. And... Um, I was trying to decide where to go i'd applied to a bunch of colleges and i you know i just loved the thought of of, of going to see you i also was still entertaining the thought of walking on for basketball because i had some like small like junior college opportunities type of thing for for hoops but it wasn't really like you know something i wanted to do um so once the running took off, and I'm like, and I started looking at the team. Like, wow, that's a that's a legit D1 team. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a visit, came out to Colorado, and it was just sold. Just with yeah. like, I'm gonna do this. Was were
1: you sold by Wetmore? Um, because I think a lot of our listeners obviously know who Mark Wetmore is, kind of a legend, living legend. So, what was you know? What was that recruiting process like with Wetmore specifically? Then once you got on campus, what was it like having Mark Wetmore as your coach?
0: Yeah. So I would say it was almost completely (laughs) Wetmore. Yeah. Well, that plus, like, I just love the the campus and the college town vibe of, of Boulder. And, but, yeah, Wetmore had a presence about him. And I had played for enough coaches in basketball and, and, um, at a really high level i'd been around a a lot of high level athletes high level coaches and he had a presence about him and he looked at me and he said you're gonna be one of the best modelers to ever come out of Colorado." and i can tell he believed it yeah yeah believed it yeah so um i guess having someone and have that confidence in you and I'd actually never even considered running the mile Yeah, up to that point. I was thinking like, we had just sort of got the 400. Yeah. Like I kind of got it figured out. But at the time Colorado had a guy by the name of James Davis, who I think ran like a 45 second, 400, 44, 45, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, you know, I kind of knew my time was up in the 400. Yeah. I had to move on to something. Yeah. That's crazy. I, you know, it's funny even
1: thinking wetmore like had any any anything to do with a 400 meter runner because like obviously now he's you know i don't even know how many time national cross country championships he has you know the best steeplechasers the best 10k runners the best 5k runners so i can't even imagine like getting to talk to a distance coach but then him looking you in the eye and saying okay
0: you're going to be a good miler he he likes the story um he was really big on these athletes from other sports who hadn't really, like, like, spent a lot of time running. Yeah. And because he he liked to bring those people in and say, like, you're almost like this raw, you know, moldable um, athlete. Yeah. And so, like, my story of being a basketball player and what he saw in the 400 so far just kind of being random. Yeah. I think it it appealed to him. Yeah. He was the type of coach who he really rated himself on, of course, making his top athletes perform at their highest. Yeah. But he also would always talk about, you know, turning walk-ons into All-Americans. Yeah, and that's you. That's what
1: makes a good coach. Yeah, a good coach. Like if you can, I you know, it's really easy to take a top talent and be like, okay, I'm not going to screw this up. Let's keep you healthy, and you know, you're going to be an All-American. All but to yeah. take someone who ran, you know. 425 in the mile in high school and turn them into a 1500 meter yeah all american that's that's good coaching yeah um and that's really cool so then that didn't last too long so can you talk you did no. mention your wife earlier all right like, so no. yeah
0: yeah it's gonna circle right back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah so so we were talking on the phone like i remember my, my roommate poor guy like we're great friends even still but like forward ring you know this is back when there was no cell phones, right? So like 1996, 97. Uh... I was born in 97. Okay, alright. <laughs> I could be, I could be your dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like, you know, I, I would talk on this phone, you know, really long cord, and yeah, you know, several hours a night. She had a huge long distance phone bill. Which is so funny to think about now our parents got so mad. yeah, but yeah, you know, you were charged by the minute. yeah, <laughs> that's great. Mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, so we were we were still dating, and it got to the point where I'm like, Man, I really like this girl. and she was one of the top recruits in the country, and she never will tell anybody this. I always have to say it for her, but she was full ride to Michigan, uh, Berkeley, you know, like like all the top soccer schools. And so I was kind of waiting to see where she would go. Yeah, and CU at the time had just, I think, just gotten a women's soccer team, mm-hmm. so they were they were just starting out. So she wasn't, you know, I I tried. <laughs> uh, she she wasn't really that interested in coming. Yeah. Um. So I still remember I, I decided to go to University of Washington, partly because I I was uh, studying to be a doctor, mm-hmm. and University of Washington had a really good medical school and so i was able to convince myself that hey it's still a really good school for track and cross country but um i'm also focused on this academic side of things and university of washington is one of the top in the country for that Mm -hmm. and which in reality like i didn't really care about any of that i just wanted to be around my girlfriend (laughs) yeah 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 so uh i still remember going into asking for a meeting and going into Wetmore's office and sitting down. And I think he he knew like, he knew everything. Like, yeah. he knew everything all the time. Yeah. You know, he just knew everything. Yeah. Um, there were things that happened on the team outside of practice, and you'd get to practice the next day, and he knew. <laughs> he just knew. Yeah. And he would ride his bike around the yeah. stretching circle, and then he'd come by you and just be like, he'd, like, like make some comment, like, if you ever do that again, you're off the team. <laughs> yeah, <it's okay. laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. You don't want to hear that. No, no. And so like you just couldn't get any past it. I'm pretty sure he knew. Um and he goes, Well, uh, Jake, you called this meeting, so go ahead. And uh I remember think, man. So I told him and um you know, it was it was, it was rough because like both he and and even Frank Shorter was coming to a lot of the meetings I invested like time in me, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to coach me into this this uh, distance runner. I think you know I had barely scratched the surface. Um, I was just trying to like run mileage for the first time. Yeah, my freshman year. So it was it was tough, but um, he understood and and he also knew I think that it was partly or mostly because of a curl which. I'm not sure he he, he agreed on, but <laughs> um doesn't always work and doesn't it for you he doesn't always work eh, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Um that that was a, my short career at at CU, but I will say this. I that my freshman year, I've never been on a team um well, UW uh included and, and others where I felt like family from like the moment that like our first practice mm-hmm. i mean that team and that culture was i mean second to none i imagine and i know that a lot of people who have been on that yep. team feel the same way so i i really i do wonder like what if yeah yeah know, i would have stayed definitely so then transfer to u-dub Trist- what did it look like your running career yeah so there? i I, yeah, I mean, I, got, yeah. I was I was on scholarship. You know, I I worked it all out. I was on scholarship going to UW. Mm-hmm. They had a coach, uh, Mike Johnson. I know the last name was Mike or Steve. I think it's Mike. Um, so training over the summer, get a phone call from him. He's like, "Hey, they let me go," and I'm like, "What?" And I'm like, "I actually didn't really care that much because <laughs> I didn't really know him." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, if if he's out there watching this, like I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're a great coach, <laughs> 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 but I was thinking about me, yeah, 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 and I was like, wait, what does this mean for my scholarship? And he's like, well, they don't have to honor it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. yeah, was it wasn't. I don't know if it's because I hadn't. I don't know if I don't know if it was the stage it was at or what. Yeah. So in is Greg Metcalf. And Greg McHaff didn't honor a scholarship, and he said, "You know, we'll we'll see what happens," type of thing. Yeah. The next three years, I had two knee surgeries, like multiple, just really bad injuries, and frankly, like most of the top runners on the team did. Yeah, we had incredible talent, um where we could have been doing some of the things that UDUB is doing now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a good school. Yeah. You can recruit to that school. Oh, totally. And and they were, um, I just was never healthy. Yeah. And so that I, I wish there was like a cool story for my collegiate running career. That literally yeah. is it. So what was your taking you back to that that injury
1: riddle time? Yeah. What was your relationship with running then? Like like, you know, I see you now. Yeah. We jokingly talk like Every day on the track is a gift, which I'm sure I'll bring up in in, in a bit. But like, was that not at all how you were thinking about track and field at the time?
0: I think what I felt like was I felt like I was never able to show what I was capable of. Mm -hmm. And that caused me to be frustrated. Um, It was almost like if you were like one of the best players on the basketball team, but the coach did not put you in the game yeah then does it really even matter? Yes yeah, and so I had guys in the team that knew what I was capable of and and things like that, but like having never gotten to string that you know together was 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 painful. and so once I graduated, um and this was also i I switched over to game theory and economics and I got hired by an investment bank so and they paid me a lot of money, so it was like running was done. yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, it was all about my career at that point, but it was easy to let go because Mm -hmm. it was just, it it was a lot of pain. Yeah. So, so then, okay, you go,
1: um, you know, potential of running straight into, you know, working, which I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of us runners that are very, very good in college, like we knew at some point in our running, you know, we're not gonna be able to run, but. That's off in the distance. We're not worrying about that right now. We're so present with what we're doing and we love what we're doing. So you gave that up and then you started working. And yeah. what did like what did work look like? What did your family
0: yeah. life look like? And what did, you know, running look like then? Well, work looked like eating a lot of cinnamon rolls um from this bakery. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Where is this, by the way? Is this, so in, this is in Seattle? This is still Seattle. Okay. So so Do you remember the name of the bakery? Specialties. Okay. All right. Yeah. So so, like, the bad part about working in banking on the West Coast is like you got to get there early. Yeah, because because you know the market, Wall Street opens. Yeah. That. So you go from like the college schedule to like I'm waking up at 4:30 a.m. just to get into the office, just and wearing like a suit and tie. I'm like, what the heck is this? And um but the good part about it is all the bakeries, the stuff was hot and fresh. <laughs> And I'll never forget, there was this morning meeting, and once that was done, me and this other guy, we'd walk a block to this bakery. And this is kind of when things went downhill athletically, because I just started eating really, really bad. And I wasn't running at all. And my my wife was still playing for UW, and she was a year younger than me, so she was still there. I remember I went to a soccer game and her dad saw me. This must have been like months after I started. He just looks at me and goes, whoa, whoa. And I was like, what? He goes, you put on a few pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And I literally hadn't even thought about it. So I went home and weighed myself and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So like not running and eating. 'Cause I these cinnamon rolls were like that big. Yeah. And like I ate three of them. Oh my gosh. And then McDonald's for lunch. Yeah. yeah it's um. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, went on, um, you know, got married uh to that same girl that I, I actually proposed to her at the spot that I met her on the track. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. went back to that exact spot and um you know, we got married, and um, I actually started doing triathlons just for fun, mm-hmm. try to get fit again, lose some of those cinnamon rolls, and I started to win them. And I really sucked at swimming. Yeah, It's is it brutal. Like, I could crush people on the bike and the run, but um, swim. You know, it's just yeah. Unfortunately, that's the first yeah. first event. In, that you're just... If it was reverse, yeah, I kind of, yeah. would have. I would have gone a yeah. lot further with the sport. But I eventually um, got got invited to move out to Colorado and and train with um, a professional team and you know other Olympians and things like that. So that got me back out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife moved out uh, with me, and um, we've been here ever since, like two thousand and five or so. Mm-hmm. And so I trained, uh, tried to make the Olympic team for Beijing, uh, didn't make the team. Ended up. Um, Helping my friend, Matt Reed, um, who was my training partner, he did make the team. Um, That was super fun. And and USA Triathlon, you know, paid for me to go to the the training camps right before the Olympics. That's so cool. And it was really cool, but it (laughs) was hard at the same time because, like, I was standing in the background while ABC was there interviewing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was watching him get his USA gear. Yeah. And it was like, and I was... I was just there to crush him in running workouts. Yeah, that's that was my job. Yeah, but um, I was super super happy for him. He's a great dude. Uh, but then, so did that give you the taste of like it? It, it brought me back. Okay, yeah, it brought me back. But um, triathlons honestly, like they're so hard to yeah. train for, let alone race for. Yeah, I, I kind of got tired. Gotcha. And yeah. this was right around two thousand eight. Housing market crashes, and I'm like, "All right, I think I'm done with triathlons. Let me see about going back into that world of of business." Mm-hmm. And so I started throwing my resume out there. Yeah, put the put the athlete stuff on there. Yeah, but it been like five years. Okay, since I'd done it, so this is huge. Yeah, gap. no one. Yeah, no one would hire me. Yeah, and we wanted to stay in Boulder, couldn't get anything. So I'm like, "All right." <laughs> What do I do? We either moved back to Seattle where there's more jobs mm-hmm. or I remember just spending a lot of time trying to figure out, or I said, I could buy myself some time and get my MBA from CU. Okay. So that's what I did. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to just get my MBA, the iPhone and the app store and all this stuff was coming out. So I'm like, I'm going to start a company. I'm going to learn to code. Um, and that's what I did. Yeah. And, um, so I became an entrepreneur almost instantly. Figured out that I could teach myself how to code. Yeah, and built this app that allowed you to order and pay from your table inside a restaurant. So really, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, (laughs) it it really cracks me up because we were doing that in 2009. Yeah, and now like um, just the other night we were at uh, Rosetta Hall down in in downtown Boulder, and I see the QR code. uh, You know, scan it and like. I was doing that in 2009. 2009 is a long time ago. It was a long time. You know, like that's crazy. I know.
1: Because that's not that new. No. You know, like that is a COVID
0: creation. Yeah, it it is. It is. And I remember people, we were embedding these QR codes on the table. Yeah. And and eventually we actually went up to hotels in Aspen. Uh, We started up there. And... um, you know, we we pushed it as far as we could, but yeah. that industry you needed like a lot of money, yeah, to scale because these these hospitality companies they need you integrated with their mm-hmm. with their stuff, and so we sold it off, got out of there, and but it was at that point I like I knew I was an entrepreneur, yeah, um, in everything I did, so. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I uh I just kinda kept going with that. I had a few different corporate jobs from time to time, but yeah. the entrepreneurial side, I mean, I was doing it inside corporations. Yes, yes. Or I was doing it on my own. Yeah. And um, you know, we had uh our first child, Lucas. Um, he was born in twenty ten. Mm-hmm. And then we had our second boy, uh, Taylor, who was born in uh twenty 20- late 2011 so almost two years difference like a year and like a half or a little bit more mm-hmm. and then really wanted a girl so we went for it and uh thinking hey as one does yeah <laughs> if i have three boys yeah now that's cool too <laughs> yeah um but i got a girl you got the girl i got the girl and girl dad right here yeah part of us yeah I- I mean, I'm super, super happy about that because yeah. it's, it's such a fun balance, yeah. you know, with everything. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, three kids. Uh, right now, Lucas is 13, uh, Taylor's 11, and Anna is 10. And, um, yeah, just I would say, like, you don't know it at the time, but it's, like, the most important and the best thing that you'll ever do in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, like everything yeah. else gets put in perspective and that's still true to this day yeah so i think it is so
1: cool like you're jacob's at the track with us all the time and at least one of his kids is are there you know like it's it's uh and they're not just like you know i think some kids maybe would be like why are we at a track watching dad run around you know like it's they're there they're running they're hopping in half of our intervals with us um and i think you know that's like like you just said that that's really cool. And that, that that makes you know, that makes me excited for, you know, when Ella's a little bit yep. older. But like it's really cool to see like, oh, they love running. Yeah. Like, you know, you talked a bit beginning, like, how a lot of other sports, it's like, oh, it's running's a punishment. And I'm like, no, like running is running's awesome. Yeah. running is like super freeing and liberating and put in properly and making it fun, like it can be super, super fruitful for kids.
0: And so it's really cool to see um you know, see your kids at the track doing that with you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and and I think a lot of people who don't know would probably think that the conversation at home is like, "All right, we're going to the track, totally." You know, yeah, yeah. Come on, let's go. Get in the car, Dad. I don't want to. Come on, you got to do it. Uh But what the reality actually is is, I don't say anything to them. Yeah. Sometimes I even try to get out the door without <laughs> "Yes," and yeah. Like, Lucas in particular, and and Taylor's kind of caught in the bug some... Anna's more of a soccer player at this point, Mm. but um, he, like, sets his alarm. Yeah. He tries to figure out when I'm going. Yeah. And he tries to be there. Yeah. And if he can't do the run, he, like, he wants to be there so bad that he, like, will put in his... Have he put in his, uh, you know, electric bike so he can... You know, yeah, ride along. He was with us for all 13 miles the other day. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah.
1: Um, that's, that's awesome. Like I really, yeah, I love it too. Like I, you know, I, I think it's really fun. I think sometimes like professional riders are weird where they're like, I need to be focused and have no one but myself at the track and my team and my coaches. And like, I see like your kids out there running and like having a good time. And I'm like, that's actually when we're all going to run our best, you know, like just being happy. So, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I, uh, you know, it's something we wanted to talk about, obviously, at, at some point in this call or this, uh, this 10 talk is, you know, you have children and you had quite possibly one of the scariest mm-hmm. health things that can ever happen to someone. Um, yeah, I can't, uh, you know, I remember you telling me one time, like, you know, like your kids were the reason you, you got through that. And so can you talk like, yeah, like, you know, part of the Jacob Tim story is this comeback that we're about to hear from Yeah, and, and you were at
0: rock bottom yeah so the part of the story that i think is important that maybe i think is different than running but but still has the same um approach in terms of like i think runners are entrepreneurs right in in a lot of ways Hmm. and your product is is you yeah but you're you're still thinking about that how to how to market it you know how to I mean, there's just so much going on, how, how to make it the best. It's not that it's a business, but, you know, it's an engine. You want it to perform at its best. Yeah. And so it it just transfers over. And and I think, you know, for me at the time I was putting, instead of putting that into, you know, something athletic, uh, I still remember I was standing um, in my friend's living room, a good buddy that I knew from Portland had moved out to Colorado. And his brother, who I'm also really good friends with, was was standing there. And I was telling him, I've got this idea about how we can implement artificial intelligence inside of automobiles. Mm -hmm. Like two things that I just was like totally into AI and cars. Yeah. Like I love both of them. And so I was telling him about it. And, you know, it was just sort of like this idea. It was just words. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I've done some research and I really need to partner with this emerging display company. And the CEO is giving a talk in Hong Kong next week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get on a plane and go there. And I don't have a meeting scheduled with him. Yeah. I'm going to somehow find him. Yeah. And talk to him (laughs) and tell him he needs to partner with me. Yeah. And I literally did that. Yeah. And that guy. His name is Patrick. He came with me. Yeah. He's like, I, I want to know. If you're going to literally hop on a plane with no meaning and fly all the way to Hong Kong Fine. to try to chase some guy down yeah, because you believe in this idea so much, I got to see that. Mm-hmm. So we went to Hong Kong and that is exactly what happened. This guy's on stage. He's talking. And, you know, this is a startup that's gone from zero to unicorn you know this they're valued at billions and billions and they make these transparent flexible displays that i wanted to put you know embed in the windshield and things like that and and managed to catch him right at the last minute talk to him and he's like we want to be in automotive we just don't have the resources so if you could take that and run with it, we'd totally be interested. Uh-huh. So I don't know why, but for some reason he believed that I was capable of doing that. Yeah. Sram <laughs> <laughs> so, guy. Yeah. yeah. So like, um, you know, obviously there were a lot more conversations, but one thing led to another. And um, also at that conference was um, Meta World Peace, formerly known as Ron Artest. Yeah. Met him. And he became advisor, investor, yeah. um, introduced me to a bunch of uh, Lakers. Um and then it turns out the the guy from uh, the company was called Royal, uh was a huge Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. And so because I was associated with them, he definitely wanted a partner. Yeah. Um, so everything was fired in all cylinders. And so I'm I created the story, the vision. Um, with my old 1970 911, I actually embedded stuff in that old car filmed it found um, the email for the Porsche uh, uh, board of directors um, chairman of the board uh-huh. uh, L- Lutz Meshki and never met the guy never emailed him yeah created this video found his email by sort of guessing the patterns that I was seeing yeah on Porsche's emails. Yeah. Um sent him the video saying, "Hey, we should
1: meet."
0: <laughs> no joke, like 24 hours later, he responded. Yeah. And he had cc'd his top designers on the 911 team. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And he's like, "When can you be here?"
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awesome.
0: So, yeah. so I, you know, it just for me I I like telling people these stories because if I hadn't tried like it would have never happened yeah and of course failure is possible yeah right and I had to be okay with that Mm -hmm. um you know and it's the classic thing you know it's either either you are comfortable with failure or you're comfortable with regret Mm -hmm. yeah it's one of the two yeah right and because and I would rather fail yeah time, yeah and, and say I tried and then, then have regret. so that led to a whole bunch of things that eventually put me in a position i I was actually asked to talk on stage in Lisbon, Portugal at a conference called Web Summit, and you know, a huge conference um, and shared the stage with um people like the President of Microsoft, the former prime minister of um UK uh, Tony Blair was there. Oh fool. Uh, yeah. um, you had really really high level people. and that talk um, led to as I walked off stage, leaders from Honda, Toyota, mm-hmm. BMW were all waiting to talk to me. yeah, and meetings were set up, went back home to to Boulder and hopped on a plane from Boulder to Tokyo. yeah, um, met with Honda and Toyota went then went from tokyo to zurich yeah and it was early december i was in zurich and i just gotten there it was beautiful in the christmas time um and i was walking down this side street um and you know cobblestone side street everyone knows that these christmas markets There's not a lot of people on on these um different roads that you can get to in between and I remember feeling, like, just, like, in an instant, like, I had been, like, how you'd imagine, like, getting shot in the head would feel like. Yeah. I mean, I I don't actually know what that feels like. But, like, I don't know. Just try to imagine, or maybe don't, like, what that feels like. And I don't, I didn't remember a lot of this for months, but um, the only thing I remembered was, like, I was on the, the ground. And I was, like, feeling the cobblestones, and I was like, "I'm dying." Yeah, and I knew it. I was dying, and I was like fading. How? But it wasn't like you're going to sleep. It wasn't. You yeah. could tell like the lights were shutting. There's something about like your body just turning off. Yeah, that's just different. Yeah, right. And um, you know, I in that moment, um, I managed to 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 recover enough to get back up, but I was totally out of it. And I went back to my hotel room. And this is where my memory finally started kicking in better. I remember I took ibuprofen and time. And it didn't go away. And I actually got on a train the next day, didn't sleep at all. The pain, and I've had kidney stones, so I know what pain is. This was worse. Yeah. Just like in my head. And got on a train up to Stuttgart to meet with Portia And I was on this train. I was the only one in this this train car. It was just super empty. And it happened again. And I started to fade out. And I remember it was like I was being given a choice: like take all the pain away and rest. Yeah. And it felt so good. Yeah. Like consider that, or or deal with it and keep fighting. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like I wanted to give up. Yeah. But But yeah, didn't you? It just. I thought about my kids and yeah. my wife. I thought about my family. Yeah. And in that moment it was so strong. I don't think I think if I didn't have that, I would have just given in. Really? Yeah. And I would have just you know, I don't I don't know, but I I don't think I would have made it. Um, uh, I really was fighting to stay alive. Yeah. Um and I don't know how, but like I I met with Portia and I don't even remember the meeting. Wow. So I don't even know what I said. Yeah. yeah, I do know that I I eventually got to Frankfurt where my flight was taking off because I had a meeting with BMW in Chicago. Yeah, and um, made it to that meeting and got, literally got off the plane, went straight to the meeting with BMW and Microsoft. Yeah, at BMW's technology office in Chicago. Meeting actually went well. I actually remember that one for yeah. some reason. Pain was still there. Everyone's like, all right, let's celebrate. Cause we had actually um struck a deal to work together. Mm-hmm. My company plus BMW plus Microsoft. Yeah. Should have been like the happiest yeah. moment. Under the table, I was Googling nearest urgent care. Like just Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, let's go get drinks. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so I go and they they evaluate me and she, and she says, um, she says, I'm calling an ambulance for you. You have every sign of an aneurysm. Oh, my gosh. You know, she'd done the yes, She's like, you could die at any second. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. yeah. that was just, I was just totally delirious yeah. at this point. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I'll get there on my own. She's like, no, you need to get an ambulance. I need to take you. And I'm like, no. What I was thinking is I need to go to the dinner. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. dumb. So dumb. <laughs> So, I did. I went to the dinner. Oh, and my phone was just blowing up. They were calling me, trying to find me. Yeah. I, like, died on the sidewalk somewhere. Yeah. And at the dinner, the guys would later tell me, they're like, what was wrong with you? I thought I was putting on a good show. No. Like, like they were like, we thought you were dying. I'm like, I was? I was like, dying. Yeah. because I mean, they were all, like, you know, happy. Yeah. And you know, I was like, I'll have another water. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Oh, my God. Got on a plane. You know, my, I was keeping in touch with my wife, who's a nurse in neurosurgery, and was yeah. talking to neurosurgeons who were like, "He could die at any second Yeah, and I just just waited till I got home. I remember walking out to the car, kids in the car. You know, hey kids, I've, I've just traveled around the world. We've literally done one lap. Let's go to the ER. And yeah, it went straight to the ER, and um. CT scan came back. Um, and I'll never forget the doctor saying, I got good news and bad news. I hate that. Oh, yeah, yeah. She will yeah. say that. It's like and they say, What do you want first? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, he good news you don't have an aneurysm, bad news is you have a tumor that hemorrhaged, and there was so much blood that it was basically an aneurysm and you could have died, but you didn't. That's what he said. And I'm like, he's like, and now all the blood, you know, your body's, you, you know, you're, you we don't need to like deal with it immediately. I mean, we need to deal with it. But like, yeah. yeah, but like you've survived this long. So, so you're, you're probably going to get through surgery and all that. And I'm like, but tumor, what? I have a brain tumor. So then my wife walks in and, and he told her what was going on. And she goes, oh, that's the best type of tumor to have. And I was like, what the heck? Are they the best type of brain tumor? How does that even like go together? Yeah, yeah. And so like they're talking, and I'm like Googling on my phone um, what it is. And it's all like pituitary gland. And it turns out it is the best type of tumor to have because almost, it was like 99% of the time they're benign. Yeah. Um, and so they were able to uh, operate and remove this tumor and that was the easy part. Yeah. Honestly. What no one told me was how hard the recovery would be. Yeah. Because internally, my pituitary gland had been damaged. So all of my hormones and everything were out of balance. And that started the toughest um, about two years of my life. Yeah. Like... I, you know, left the hospital with instructions of you can't pick up any weight or anything that weighs over a pound. Yeah. So I, c- I couldn't hold my kids. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, And just numerous other things, but I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. And I didn't want my kids to know that. So I would take them to school. I would get up and try to, it took everything I had just mm-hmm. to like, being normal because I didn't want them to be afraid. Yeah. And I'd take them to school. And I remember like once I dropped them off, I'd get back home and I would just crawl into bed. Yeah. And just just try to make it through the day. Yeah. And the truth is I got really depressed. Mm-hmm. For the first time in my life, I experienced a level of depression that I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. I think the term depression to me before that meant, oh, you're kind of bummed out yeah like this was like i couldn't see anything yeah like debilitated right. yeah uh everything was dark um and that just spiraled i started um just eating a lot right i mean i couldn't move and i was eating up back somewhere to my first days at work and um i guess yeah i mean i just i just gave up yeah mentally Right. Um, except for one thing, I was I was there for the kids. Yeah, and and so again, like, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, without that purpose. Yeah, whether it was getting them to practice or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's all I had, and I was like, you know, what am I gonna? I had to sell off my business because I couldn't operate yet anymore. So it went from this trajectory to like. You know get rid of it yes yeah. yeah you can't even do anything yeah bmw was was sending us cars to work on yeah and i mean it was like like everything was ready to go. oh yeah and then, yeah and your life is just like yeah Phew. and then it, so it went from like on a mountaintop like you know raising my arms and success to like taking down to like the low like just trying to picture will i ever even get a job again that yeah was a thought going through my head yeah it got so bad that I was like, "I'm worthless." Yeah. Like, why would my wife stay with me? Yeah. Why, why would my kids ever look up to me? Mm-hmm. Those are the thoughts that are going through your head. Like, I can't do anything. Yeah. Um, and there was this moment where Lucas, he just said, "Dad, you got to get back up. Mm. Got to start running." Yeah. So. I never get your kid says that to you. Yeah,
1: you're yeah you're doing it.
0: Yeah, and um and he wa- he wanted to he wanted to run a couple miles and he wanted me to go with him. Yeah, and so I did. Yeah, and I I started running more and more and more, and eventually you know he was riding his bike with me. Mm-hmm. You know that's kind of when it started. Yeah, and I remember thinking I'm just gonna get injured. Yeah, yeah. Like th- this will stop. I'll get injured. Yeah, and I kept running until. I was was running 100 mile weeks so and i can get an injury and i was like oh my gosh so i just kept running yeah. running and running and yeah i'd go to the track every now and then even because lucas and taylor were so into it i was like well i might as well like yeah. coach them and teach them so we got spikes and yeah you know they were like oh, i was so cool we would go down there and we'd see saravon um you know a good friend of ours and just awesome family yeah and um she'd be like you know um doing two hundreds or something I like you know, I still had some speed and yeah like I'll, I'll lead you for a <laughs> hundred yeah yeah she's fast yeah. right you know so um but it got the it got the mind flowing yeah. in in terms yeah. of like being on the track yeah and um,
1: what'd you think about when you were running after all that like what like you know 100 mile weeks you're out there for a long time it, like like yeah what were you
0: thinking about I was thinking that it was bringing me back to life. Really. Yeah. It it brought me back mentally mm-hmm. and physically. Like it was healing. Yeah. Every step and I think that's why yeah. it wasn't hard to run 100-mile weeks. Yeah. Because I was so thankful to even be able to take a step. Yeah. And you know the the feeling I got when the run ended was like the opposite of what I had felt like post surgery, yeah, and it's like it was like you can do this, yeah. you are gonna recover, you mm-hmm. you are gonna, and so it it really flipped that whole script, and I started telling myself, you know, the opposite things, mm-hmm. so much so that at one point I don't know exactly when, but at one point, um, I I googled what is you know the master's world record, yeah. Um, for the
1: mile.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you're old, how old, roughly, at this age when you're? So I was, I was like 42. Yeah, I think somewhere in there. Yeah. And of course, I see Bernard Lagat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's never going away. Might as well etch that. Yeah, by yeah. a mountain. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. like, let's just scroll down a little bit more and get to the 45, uh, the 49 year old group, and. And I see, you know, it's really fast. Yeah. But I see four thirteen point nine six. Yeah. And I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. And I think I think I can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to do that. Yeah. And and then it, at that moment in time, it went from running to you know, just heal and all that to like this this purpose. Um, yeah. And yeah I, think, yeah, I think having a goal like that changes everything. That's what's so amazing about running is
1: like why you start is so different to like your where you're at in your journey now. You know, like sometimes it's like, okay, I just want to break, you know, six minutes in the mile. Yeah. And then you do that and you're like, oh my gosh, like I could run two miles in 12 minutes now. And it's like, it's it's just so cool. And like, you literally were like, i am running to like be alive yeah and now you're like i'm running to like be the most alive which yeah. is my the best version of myself i can ever be as a runner and i just like that's amazing and um and it was so cool like when we first saw you at the track uh i remember like we were just meeting it was it was it was at niowa and it was a normal just you know we were just meeting for like a light workout and i see you know first of all we see this this portion that in, in the parking lot, you know, I was like, okay, all right. who's who's here? Who's who? Who's up at the track? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, you know, we're up there and we finish the workout and we see you, you know, in spikes, ripping two hundreds, which is classic Jacob. Um, and and you you watch Jacob run and he's has a beautiful, elegant stride, very very powerful runner. But then you know, from far away, you're like, this is a 25 year old ready to run 355 in the mile and you get closer and you're like okay he's a little older but he's still moving like a 25 year old <laughs> um and i think it was actually sam who was like kind of basically just like who are you dude like i'm pretty sure that was actually the yeah. First interaction
0: yeah i mean the, the Iowa, it's super cool right because like they let you run on the track yeah. during school hours yeah and so it almost funnels everyone mm-hmm. there including people like me yeah. who are out running at 9 a.m. when yeah. other people are are working, right? Yeah. And but I remember pulling up to the track and seeing you guys and I almost just you turned it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I feel like cause I know like I know like what you guys are about and I know how good everybody is. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was kind of embarrassed about how old I was mm-hmm. and slow compared to you guys I was but like I also knew how serious I probably look right and so I'm like if I'm in my 20s and I'm seeing a guy doing that I'm like what the heck is wrong with it like what an idiot (laughs) yeah I'm like I don't want to be that guy yeah and so I'm like I'll just I'll just go run somewhere else or something but um I remember I I just I got up the courage I'm like no, uh, I, I need to get this done. So I'll just I'll just stay out of their way and I'll just get it get it done. And so you guys were like gathered at the end, and and I, it was Sam who goes. He just like I think he he literally just it out, dude, like who are you?
1: And that that's that's how Sam would do it. So I believe that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I was like, I think I was like, well, what do what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. You're like, where do I want to go with this? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, well, like, like, why are you here? And like, yeah, like, what are you like, what are you doing? Yeah. And Jacob slammed down his fist,
1: looked in the camera, and said, "I'm a tin man."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think most running teams would have just ignored me, and so for me at that point it was like the fact that there was this team that cared. Yeah. I think genuinely cared and, and you know, other teams would have just been like, that's just some guy running the track. But like, that's what I feel like is so unique about Tim man is that the guys on the team, the culture, it's not just talk. Like it really, I was really just a random guy and you guys like wanted to know my story. Mm -hmm. and i think it it was you know in that moment and that just played out more and more and more um yeah you kind of just stuck around yeah so once once i was like hey maybe like maybe they're cool if like because like i definitely would benefit from like being in the same environment yeah as them maybe they're cool if i like tag along um and so yeah, I just kinda tried to I didn't know where you guys would be. So um kind of knew about what time you guys ran. So I tried to yeah. just like set up my schedule that way and you know, it lined up quite a bit that summer. Centennial summer. Yeah, last
1: it was so fun. I uh Naiwat started getting worked on. Yeah. And so we started working on another track in Boulder and Jacob was, you know, just just showing up and uh would basically just say, What are you doing today? And me and Sam would be like, Sam would be like, I'm, you know, doing some mile repeats and then some three hundreds and I'd be like, I'm doing some two hundreds. Jacob would be like, Okay, that sounds yeah, fun. Yeah. So I'll do the two hundreds. <laughs> um and was right there, like running 27, 28-second eight second two hundreds with us and and for me, like, you know, I, I I think it's it's what what is cool about running is Everyone comes from a different background, but I mean, I can go on easy runs with so many different walks of people and, but to share like an actual interval with like a pro athlete and like, yeah, like that's, that's not easy to do. And so like, when you were there with like us with the two hundreds, it was, it was like, it was just fun. And, you know, slowly, but surely throughout the summer, you kind of would, you know, you, I feel like you'd pick my brain. You'd say like, Hey, like. What do you think about this? Or like, this is what I've been doing. And we'd, you know, have a little bit of back and forth. And um, by the end of the summer, you were in great shape. And yeah. you were just, you know, ripping with me and Sam. And you basically were Sam's training partner. I feel like yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, I was doing the 1500 and he was doing the 5K. And um, but by the end of the summer, we were like, I want Jacob around like a lot more. And I want him around, you know, in some sort of like a capacity to be like a member of the team because I felt like Jacob was embodying the Tin Man spirit more than, you know, some of the guys even on our team. <laughs> no offense, guys. Um, but I was like, you know, I just had you, you were there and you were like, you, you were just, you were just down to help us. Yeah. And I, I think that's like a really, um, you know, that's a really special thing. And so, um, you know, we kind of talked a little bit, you know, after that summer, like you went to Italy and you, you know, you, uh, you, you, you ran a really hard mile there. And then in the fall, it was kind of like, I was in Philadelphia, but I would, you know, get on the phone with my parents and we were talking about a bunch of different things and it was kind of like, Hey, like I'm doing the training, I'm training for a really hard record to break. Why can I not, you know, be kind of a part of this thing? And, um, and yeah, like what was your kind of mindset with, with, with all that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I felt like, I felt like it was a situation where. There was a win win, you know, for, for both sides. And I saw in Tin Man like just this amazing product, if I just like package it all up. Right. Yeah. The running, the like the like everything mm-hmm. that makes up the team. The coaches, the the stuff that happens um, you know, in between that's part of being a runner. Um, and also the stuff that happens that has nothing to do with running, that's just part of like life. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's just so relatable. And I feel like from, I just felt like from a business perspective, I was like, they're crushing it. But like, I think I I would love to like rev that engine mm-hmm. with them even more, like bring some of my um, past experience um, and, and just try to like help them because they've helped me so much. And so um and what if we just continue that yeah you know further and i mean everybody wants to walk into a room or walk into a meeting with a pitch and have the best product possible yeah and i i could just picture like having these conversations um about you guys and and just the story yeah you know behind it as a whole and then individually Mm -hmm. um it was just all there and so yeah talking with your parents and just just getting along with them so well yeah. like like just just great people mm-hmm. right i mean the coaching speaks for itself but like i think we've all had bad coaches or coaches that might be good coaches but were hard to get along with mm-hmm. right or or maybe didn't create the best environment yeah um but like your parents just um you know I just just felt like family um you know the type of feeling you want to feel so um yeah, I think you know we started those conversations in the fall and um I think you and I were going back and forth about some some ideas. I was in Arizona because terrible winter it was, it was just terrible and I, I bailed to Arizona multiple times snowbird yeah. And I, I remember I was just on this run, I'm like, I'm like, I just need to I just need to like like let's let's just see if we can just make this happen. Yeah. Like let's just let me just like propose this idea and um you and I talked back and forth about it. Um and yeah, I mean that was probably only what like a couple months ago.
1: Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember talking and I remember calling my parents right after and be like, Hey, Jacob and I have been talking. He's kind of been showing up to practice, but like, he should be a tin man, you know? Like I was like, he embodies everything we believe in and it's different, you know, like a Bowerman track club doesn't have a master's runner on their team, right? you know, like, but then it was kind of, I remember Reed actually, I want to reference this when we kind of talked about it as, um like we talked about it in, you know, our, our meeting with, you know, everyone involved. And it was like, and Reed was like, I, I think that's bringing like Tim and elite circuit 2019 energy of just like, this is cool. No one does this. This is pushing the sport of running forward on and off the track. And it was like, yeah, so let's do this. Who cares? You know, like, um, and I, and, and I think that's why we're so excited to have you on the team is, you know, is like, it is different and it is, but it's, it's team and elite. Um, and, and so like, you know, once that was kind of proposed and we kind of, you know, got through like just some of the little barriers and, um, that we needed to get through, like it, like it's been so great. Like I, uh, I I wanted to reference it and I want to kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, wrap, wrap things up talking about it, but I do like every, you know, when I would text you every day on the track as a gift, that was helping me more than probably you even realize like I think uh you know running is it's been it's been interesting for me the last few years and sometimes showing up to practice was the last thing I wanted to do but then when I had someone like you at practice that was literally running saved your life yeah I'm like holy shit yeah that's all that matters yeah you know and showing up and you know seeing you with your kids and seeing you like be so eager to get better i'm like man like i can never take this for granted again and so it's been like just awesome you know having you in the fold and having you a part of this team and um and i'm so excited to kind of you know see you go after this record
0: yeah man i mean that's that's great to hear because i think back in my 20s i didn't have that perspective yeah and so practices were hard and sometimes races were hard because, you know, certain stages were, were just like that. And, and I, I think one of my hopes was that I could bring that perspective, um, because I think being a full-time athlete is, sounds good to a lot of people. Um, it, it is good. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people realize the pressure and the, the challenge of, um, you know, especially for runners, like breaking down our bodies, like mm-hmm. you know, that much. And how if you like have one little thing, mm-hmm. you know, in your leg or something like that, it can, you know, change everything. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's like a constant battle to be right on that line between like pushing hard enough. So like, you know, that that was my hope that I could like bring that perspective and um, yeah. um you know, be be a, a different but I honestly again I don't no other team would have even considered it. Yeah. What what would it mean, you know, next six months
1: you're going after the record in September. So Yeah. Like what a what are you gonna do from now until then? Yeah. But then what are you thinking about when you're on the starting line trying to run the fastest Masters mile
0: race ever? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird to say sometimes, you know, just like the goal that I'm going after, but yeah, I turned 45 in September mm-hmm. and, you know, there are not a lot of mile races run at that point in the year. So still trying to figure out, um, how soon I can, I can do that, but obviously indoors only a few months after mm-hmm. that and there's the mile there's the 3k yeah and there's there's lots of things like that so it's all coming up and between now and then um it's like when i talk with your mom and we we talk about like what do we want to do i'm like i don't care about winning a race like right now yeah, yeah and all i care about is getting faster for that moment in time that's coming up so whatever we do is is about that and so it's been you know going from two hundreds yeah right like um coaching myself that's that's why i give myself uh to you know going to the track in like almost every day right like i'm running you know critical velocity pace you know mm-hmm. uh, some sort of like threshold uh, and when I first I hated it like I hated it so much and yeah. I I was like I'm getting slower and and like I I can't I can't rip a fast simulator. and I probably couldn't compared to you know mm-hmm. but what's so cool is to watch that threshold pace just get lowered and lower yeah. and lower and You know, it's easier and easier to run at paces that were hard before. And and I get it now. Yeah. And it's like I I I don't think it would have been possible any other way. Yeah. Like, Like I wouldn't have never I wouldn't have arrived at that. Um so so having this type of training, you know, like just the other day, like you guys are doing one case and then I'll do eight hundreds, you know, just like tag on the back. Yeah. And I get a little extra rest, but I still get to be part of the interval. Yeah. And I mean, like that's setting me up for, and I'm, and I'm healthy. I don't know how, like, <laughs> like I don't stretch. I, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone always asks me like, what do you do? I don't, I don't have Norma Tech boots, you know, like I don't do ice baths. I don't, I don't get massages. I don't he has three kids to run around the yeah game with afterwards. I just go home. So, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of it. Yeah. But um what will it mean uh to to get the record? Um I think everything and then absolutely nothing at the same time. Not running. Yeah. It's like I think I think I'll be I would be excited about it and then in almost an instant I really do think it would be quick. I would need something else to go after yeah and because you know whether i get the record or not i don't know if that that's not really the win for me yeah i mean the fact that i'm sitting here with you telling the story Mm -hmm. it's like i could i could walk out the door right now after this podcast and go did it yeah yeah you know and and that story is 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 good but the fact that you know it, it continues on and who knows what comes next for me that's the exciting part if there is a a world record in there or an american record or or you know if i can go to world championships which are um next summer in sweden and and represent the usa uh, team and 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 uh bring home a medal yeah. you know that would be amazing so um but but honestly like i i really that every every day a track is a gift but like every day that i'm doing this i you guys don't notice this probably but when i'm running on the track with you the thought going through my head is i can't believe this is happening like yeah i can't believe like even today on the easy run there was like 16 guys yes. and like like i'm 44 and like i think the next oldest was 28, 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like running along. Some of so them were like yeah, 18. Yeah. Right? And I'm running along. You know, everyone's got their shirts off. It's like a normal, you know, like, this is so crazy. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. um,
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's probably a good place for us to stop. Yeah. Jacob, thank you so much for talking with me. We had, that was so much fun. Yeah you know i know we jokingly said before we leave like i was like tell i kind of know your story because like i've obviously got to know jacob but like that was a treat just for me just to hear all that so thank you so much for sharing yeah we're gonna gonna have you're gonna be in a lot more tim man videos in the next few months so yeah 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 Sounds sounds good